Good afternoon. I am here with my friend, Harry Morrell. I first met Harry getting him into a bar in Canton, New York, uh, when he was about 19. We have been great friends ever since, had lots of fun. And one of the great things in life is I'm 60, Harry is 24. 24. And one of the great things in life is you get older to have younger friends that I feel awful lucky. Also, one of the great things in life is what your kids can suddenly do for you. And Stepper and Harry are great friends, and it's fun to watch them in action. And But both Harry and I share something in common, and that is we lost our fathers at a young age. Harry very tragically lost his dad in 9-11, and he was five years old at the time? Uh, Six. Six years old at the time. Obviously, you know, really, really tough circumstances. So we thought we'd have a conversation about that. And maybe a, a good place to start, Harry, is that obviously it was devastating. There was so much going on that initially, did did you feel hopeless? It, how, how did you feel, you know, kind of that first couple of months? Well, I would say, well, first, thanks for having me, Bob. <laughs> We're drinking a Corona, by the way, that, that Harry nicely brought. I, know, I I still remember getting into that bar and <laughs> fist pumping. But, um, so where do I start? Basically, obviously, you know, some things are hard to remember, but I really do just remember mostly how it affected my family and just like my mother kind of needing to like separate herself from the world and she kind of like went to Machu Picchu and... I was living with friends and I was kind of like bouncing around like other people were really chipping in. The mm-hmm. village was raising me yeah. and um, I just saw the toll it took on her. And that was kind of tough for everyone. That was probably hardest for me. was seeing how it affected my family. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of went through first grade, second grade, that sort of thing. Do you remember... I, I mean, was sort of the pain constant or did it kind of get you at night or in the morning or? I would say the pain would usually, it would just be like out of nowhere. Like you're waiting for people to pick you up from school and a father picks up their kid and then, you know, all of a sudden I start crying. And I definitely would, you know, hold it in as I got older into middle school and I kind of tried to like suppress it. Yeah. And so I started getting a lot of like after school, a little fist fights because I was like definitely not expressing emotions the way I probably should have. Yeah, not easily done. And then, you know, as you were kind of working through things, did you ever sort of have that epiphany that, hey, you know what, things might be all right. I'm going to work my way through this was. So I actually did. I actually did have a moment where it was like kind of like a a whole reality shifted was. Mm -hmm. um, So we're we're telling stories around the, the dinner table with my two sisters and I and we're, we're all like like reliving like beautiful stories of my father and it was like really heartwarming and then I told a story and I realized that I wasn't even there and the, like the story like there's no way I could have actually been in that memory and I had just kind of internalized it as my own memories and it was kind of like oh interesting what what kind of memories are do I internalize because I've just heard them so many times and mm-hmm. it was like wow like my whole reality shifted because like those memories weren't even my own. And hmm. I kind of started realizing that you can kind of place yourself in that. Aren't yeah. Your, that yeah. Aren't your own. Interesting. Interesting. And it felt like 
when you were almost able to do that, 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 that. Well, well, it's more that I just realized that that wasn't my memory. And I started thinking, you know, I was breaking down all the stories thereafter where mm-hmm. people are constantly talking about my father and how good he was. And, you know, I, it started waning on me, you know, you never speak ill of the dead. And of course not. And it's just struggling to find, to realize who my father was through stories of others. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I started really, and it, it hurt really first. And then I started, that's when my, I think the healing process actually like started full Okay. Okay. How old do you think you were then? Probably 12. Because okay. I was just getting old enough to like start actually like dealing with the emotions and properly yeah. like placing them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, l- let's talk about that support group or as you say, the village that, uh, you know, did it, do you feel like it started more with your mom or your sisters and your brother or well, my mom definitely had it the hardest. So obviously she yeah. was kind of dealing, dealing with a lot and she had to go back to school and she had to take care of four kids and she was really struggling. And my sister, Kelsey kind of st- stood up and she was the one kind of taking care of me. And then huh. I would bop around my neighbors. Like I would live one house for one week and another neighbor for another week. And I was kind yeah. of the, my the community child for a while. <laughs> and what what effect did that have? I think that definitely, you know, growing up and seeing kindness in others and I, I definitely think that I I'm a easy conversationalist and it was just you know, I, I see I see the best in people and I, I like love hearing what people have to say and I think that mm-hmm. had a lot to do with just growing up in such a big like community wide yeah. upbringing. And do you as you know, I, I wrote a book, and one of the things I wrote about in the book is that you can almost emulate, you know, you have your choice of families because you're exposed to so much. And that I think that's kind of a, a cool thing that, uh, you know, there's some families you want to stay away from that yeah. uh, maybe it's that strict dad or the mom who kind of comes out of nowhere or other families that, you know, you just feel very comfortable in that. Did you find yourself gravitating toward, you know, those places that you felt comfortable? Yeah. Well, I think at first it was, um, you know, they were my next door neighbors. So it was kind of like that was, you know, vicinity. But then as I, you know, was getting friends in middle school and whatnot, and I was having more sleepovers like down the road or having people come pick me up and I could kind of start choosing the right people to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you an odd question that, uh, do you feel like your friends, even today, and whether it's conscious or subconscious, that they've played a role in raising you to an extent? Oh, absolutely. I think huh. I think I think you're a sum of probably the 15 people you surround yourself with. I think my friends are my biggest support group. Sorry, uh-huh. mom and friends. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just especially at this age, they're just like you're with them so much and. We're all very close. We all, since, as Bob knows, I went to St. Lawrence with Stepper, and our friend group is very close, and you, I can kind of tell them anything. And, you know, we, we, we definitely emulate each other's um, kind of values. And that yeah. you see mm-hmm. something that you respect in someone, and that's probably why you become friends, but mm-hmm. then it goes both ways, and you kind yeah. of, the synergy creates one kind of moral compass, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was just uh, playing golf in Ireland with my stepbrother of 44 years, and 
two guys that I grew up with that, you know, literally one lived two houses away and the other I've been going to school and went to school with since fifth grade. And they did not consciously say, oh, we're going to help raise Bob because he doesn't have a dad. But interestingly, it just it just kind of fills in the gap a little bit. They keep you in check. You know, you're getting too far out there. You get reeled back in. I, I think that's something that you know, a young parent would never guess that uh, uh, just, you know, that vacuum gets filled in in, in so many different ways that it, it, it's, it's pretty amazing that uh, any other kind of unique, you know, I mean, was there a coach or a teacher or, you know, anything that, you know, along those lines that maybe did a bad job of it? They were going to be like, oh, they're going to be the hero or something. And they just were awkward about it or I, I actually had one like kind of like the my anti-hero like <laughs> there's a coach of my lacrosse team and he would pick on me and then he like he'd pick on me to make me better like he was definitely trying to get the best out of me which I understand but the one time he made it personal because the stadium at my high school was named after my father oh and wow. it was built in his memory uh-huh. so it was definitely you know playing on that field as yeah. pers- personal and then he made it even more personal by telling me that he was there for my fam, my, my siblings when it happened and that he expected more from me. And it was like the single most like, I think inappropriate comment I, I've heard from an adult, uh-huh. just like on the lacrosse field. Like he was, he think he thought he was doing like such a good thing for me. And I didn't quit because I didn't want to give him the satisfaction. And I just, I played to spite him. And it was like such a, it's like an angry drive, which is sad. Yeah. sad. But um, I think off of that, though, what was hard, especially in school, was people treating you different. And like that's why I, I grew up kind of not telling p- new people about my father, even though I love talking about my father. It was, you know, the pats on the back around the week or like from someone you don't know and you've never spoken to. And like if my friend reaches out, I want to hear it. I appreciate that. But I don't want a stranger feeling sorry for me. Yeah, yeah. So you went to great lengths to kind of to hide it. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. It, uh, you know, what advice would you have for anyone that knowing, you know, I mean, you probably were fairly high profile in that, you know, in your town because this happened, not yeah. in in a very difficult way, you know. But what what kind of advice would you have for people on how to approach somebody like you? I would say definitely. If they're your friends, always reach out because even if they don't respond, if, if they lose someone and they don't respond, just the idea that you're thinking of them is definitely comforting. I'd say if you don't know them very well, probably give them space. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my, at least my preference. Okay. Because um, I love hearing from people. I just don't. I would like to at least know them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that you run into people and they tell you stories about your dad or you remind me of your dad, that sort of thing that, you know, that always gave me a, a lot of, con- you know, it, it just, I think it, it kind of had a double impact, that sort of thing that, uh, did you ever get tired of hearing about that or? No, that's probably like what I live for most, honestly, is like just hearing stories of my father. I live, I I love when I meet someone new because he had a he had a big network and when I meet someone new randomly on the street in New York City and they tell me a story I'd never heard of like that gives me so much yeah. pride and satisfaction just knowing that like people to this day like 
I'm not exaggerating. At least, you know, it's less frequent now, but at least once a month I'll meet someone with a new story and it's just wow. like, he, he really touched a lot of people and that really like drives, I think that's my biggest, uh, the way I shaped my character was probably hearing stories of him. And this is a perfect segue into talking about my college essay because that's basically what my thesis of the essay was, uh-huh. was you hear all these stories and they're always amazing and you're constantly hearing how great of a person is and your father is your your hero to every young boy. It's like you want to strive to be your father and if you if your father's alive, it's kind of like you can see what he does wrong, whereas I had a father that was always right. He was always the hero in the story and it's just like growing up with like a perfect idol and like striving to be perfect, I guess. So it was, that's definitely how I shaped my character. Uh, I, I like that line, the hero in the story and and, and, you know, it's interesting that, I mean, gosh, what a tragedy you've been through. But I think perhaps the great irony is that there have been some gifts in it all, too. Yeah, it's it's almost hard to, like, say that out loud because you want to, you know, it's such a sad thing. And, like, it hurts, yeah. it hurts to think about. But, you know, it definitely made me stronger in a way. And I definitely think that I wouldn't, like, no shit, obviously I wouldn't be the same, <laughs> the same person. But I think... Yeah it really made me more compassionate, stronger. And I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't just have the perception of the world I have today, which I think is a very like open-minded and very welcoming uh-huh. view. So let me ask you that with that in mind, was there ever a specific time you was there and, you know, when you were playing sports, for instance, that, you know, where you, whether it was a tough loss or, you had that great goal and you could just kind of look up. Was it, did you ever have one of those kind of moments? I don't know if it was uh sports related, but just kind of like after every, maybe def- like when I graduated from high school and just kind of like going back to the, the town uh, or my, my, my school stadium named after him and kind of just like looking up at it. And yeah, it's like playing on that field and graduating from that school and thinking about it pretty much every day. It's like always, always striving to like, match his yeah his, what i thought of him to be yeah yeah and how about you know you've recently taken a, a wall street job your dad was a wall street guy you know i mean when you were riding up that elevator for the first day of work or for that big interview that sort of thing could you feel like were, I could, were I you could, thinking I about def- i could definitely was thinking about him and uh-huh. how not that he like uh, it's hard to explain because I, I think I get my, my gift of the gab, as my mom would say, from him because he was definitely a talker. And uh-huh. it's I feel like he's close to me when I'm in, in my sales mode and I'm, you know, with a client or I'm talking. And then, you know, I get I get kind of like a, a feeling that I'm like emulating him or, you know, at least there's a piece of him still there through yeah. me. And I don't know. It's that's kind of why I do what I do is I'm, I'm in sales, like Bob said. And I, know, I just I just love I love meeting new people and hearing their story and kind of just like seeing if they're genuine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you've, you've got a gift in it. It, uh, you know, I mean, you kind of get that gift innately, but you also have to develop it. And, but he's had a role that, uh, what advice would you have for, you know, that young mother that's lost her husband, that, that young husband that's lost a wife that, you know, comes home and it has three young kids, in your case, four young kids, you know, things feel pretty hopeless. 
you know, what is there any anything that you a, a ray of hope that you can shed uh, uh, for those parents that you know can be helpful? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to tell someone's advice in that area at all, but especially when they're in that absolute just darkest time in their life. And mm-hmm. I'd say just the way I deal with it when my friend, like say, for example, my friend loses a father, which has happened recently. And I would not say a word because everyone, everyone's affected differently. And I was so young that, you know, I wasn't able to deal with it at the time. Whereas my, my friend who grew up 20 years with his father and he loses it, you know, the gravity of the situation could be harder for him. And uh, the advice I would say is just kind of, at least for the person that's trying to be there for the mother or father, Yeah. just go and sit with them and don't say anything and just kind of physically be there and kind of make sure that they know that they have that support system because there's really nothing but time that really is going to help heal those wounds and a strong support system and, there's nothing you can really say, in my opinion, that's going to patch it up. It's just people being there, and they just need to know that you're there for them. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, interestingly, back to your your college essay, at some point, you know, it does, does it, does it flip from grief to almost inspiration or? Definitely inspiration and, like, a, a drive to try and, like, to make them proud. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, and it's and definitely you nowadays when 9-11 comes around, we celebrate his life and the stories we have. And it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely a sad day, but we almost laugh and cry more because yeah. we're celebrating what he did live and what did happen. And there definitely is a, you know, it takes some people longer, but there's definitely a time where you just have to realize, you know, the best thing I can do right now is, is make him proud and go yep. go in be my best self and think that, you know, what, what would make him proud? Because, you know, I think of him as a great best human beings ever to be on yeah, earth. And yeah. you know, how would you strive to be yeah, like yeah, him? Yeah. Well, I just, it's, it's interesting that, you know, my, my circumstance, well, it wasn't as dramatic, but my father died very suddenly of pancreatic cancer when I was eight. So it's that same kind of interesting age when that father's still on a pedestal. Yeah. They've never done anything to disappoint you. And, you know, you, you idolize them in ways that, uh, you know, this the, the series of podcasts is called Higher Standard. It does give you a higher standard to strive for. And I think it can be a very, very powerful thing. I mean, I think the name is probably perfect. Uh, really, mm-hmm. I mean, that's honestly, you sum up exactly how I feel day to day, like, not that I feel better than anyone else. I just, I, I do, this is hard for me to say, but sometimes it's, you're almost fortunate that you have such a, you have a, a, a higher goal, but you also have a, you had a harder time at first, I would say, yes. which definitely gives you that advantage later in life. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Now, having said that, there's people that have had that harder time and never have been able to get out of their own ways that it, uh, and I bet you you know some of those people. Yeah, I've right? definitely seen that firsthand, and I think it's yeah. it's hard for some people to to deal with it one and to try and see the silver lining and strive for that yeah. a higher standard. Yeah, 
I'm not old enough. I don't think to really give advice. Yeah, what on separates that. the ones from that can do it than the ones exactly, that can't? Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell why that why that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one thing that's great is that I was a stockbroker, which you know is similar to what you're doing in that your upside's unlimited, that, you know, you work hard, you keep adding clients that you can continue to be more and more successful. And I think in some ways, it's a really great environment for somebody that grew up the way that we did, because, it, you know, we are more aspirational, we want to keep going, and that we're not uh, going to rest on our laurels as easily. And, you know, I think that might have application to sports, it might have application for zest for life, you know, the way you approach building a family or business. So Yeah, I would totally agree. I feel like I the way I live my life is more like there's not a bar I have to set and reach. It's kind of just like it's it's up and you always have to be striving up and no matter yeah. what, where you are, you can you can do better and you can do better by others and yeah. There's there's nothing there's there's no plateau that yeah. I see in the future. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I completely agree with you. Well, I think that about covers it. Any any final thoughts that come to mind? You've expressed yourself well. At- no, I'm just I'm happy that you invited me out here. I honestly haven't spoken about that kind of higher standard, as Bob said perfectly, out loud since probably my college essay, because it's just kind of one of those conversations that is hard to have where it's such a it's hard for me to personally say that I'm fortunate because it's almost like you're saying that, like, you're fortunate that your father died. And of course, of course, that's never the case. Yeah. But, you know, you can see some fortunate things that have arrived. Well, and I think you're fortunate that you had the fortitude to play things the right way because you could easily wallow. And because it really is just the, the, the way that you perceive it. Your perception is your perception is everything. And, yeah. You know, that people say that. But yeah. I think it, it's just it's so it's so valid and it really can change your life. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Well, you're a good man, Harry. I hope we can be of uh, some help to others because, you know, hey, what could be tougher than uh, anybody leaving this earth too early? But, uh, you know, it does happen and there there are ways to deal with it. And you're a great example of it. So you, you have a lot to be proud of. You don't know that, but you have a lot to be proud of. And if anyone writes in, you can always write to me <laughs> at harryomorell@gmail.com. <laughs> Good man. All right, signing out. Thank you. Thank you.